Welcome everybody to DC Beer Show, the last show of 2023. We are at DC Beer across social media. A happy upcoming new beer to you. Brandy, what are you drinking this crisp winter eve? Well, I am drinking Dynasty's Rolls of Civility, the Spiced Wheat Ale, number two. I really enjoy this beer. I'm pretty sure there are many episodes of me drinking this beer. (laughs) But I chose this in honor of uh, something very special that DC Beer is doing slash has done. And if you haven't heard about it already, then you'll be hearing about it very, very, very soon. Mark your calendars for January 27th. (laughs) We will be rocking it out out in Virginia at Dynasty. Uh, so keep your keep your ears and eyes peeled and join DC Beer. Um, Mr. Stein, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Lost Generation Brewing Company's Call the Owl, which is their pre-prohibition style pilsner. Um, last time we were at Lost Generation, just a little while ago, Jared, uh, co-owner with Anne, incredible human beings that they are, was having a Call the Owl. And I was like, Jared, what are you? Ha-? He was like, can I get you a beer? And I was like, sure, what are you having? And he said, call the owl. And so I had one. And having one with him on draft was such a miraculous experience. I had to have it out of the can. But chasing that, because it was so smooth and so easy to drink, I'm now having a house lager from Forest and Main Brewing Company out of Ambler, Pennsylvania. This coming from the craft beer cellar, my good friend Erica, who has never steered me wrong in her years of operation. Delicious lager, Pennsylvania lager. Jake, what are you drinking this evening? Well, those who know me know that there are two seasons in the Berg household. There is Port City Optimal Wit season, and then there is Port City Porter season. Mm. And it is definitely Port City Porter season. And so I had one of those, but a 7.5. And I thought, well, what's next? And then I thought, well, what's one of the beers I've had the most of in 2023? And so... I moved from the dark to the light with Liquid Intrusions south of D.C. Cream Ale that I also happened to pick mm. up from Erica at the Craft Beer Cellar. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's, it's been a mainstay in my fridge um, from probably about last April, last March uh, until now. It is perhaps my most frequently purchased beer of 2023. If you haven't had it, it is just a delightful beer-flavored beer. It goes well with everything. Uh, Just really well done. Richard, are you on the show tonight? What are you drinking? I I am on the show tonight. I was like, oh. What's next? I am on the show tonight. Um, I I have a refrigerator full of IPAs that I purchased uh, because my dear friend Ellen was in town with her husband, Adam. Uh, Those of you who've been listening to this show for a long time might remember when Adam and I co-hosted the show way back in 2017, 18, 19. Uh, They were in town visiting us, and so I stocked the fridge full of IPAs, so Ellen would always have something tasty to drink, Um, and then we went out every night and hardly drank here at all. Uh, So I am um, powering down a bearded iris homestyle from Nashville, Tennessee, Homestyle IPA. Um, so I've just been drinking a lot of hazy IPAs lately, trying to clear out the fridge and moving on to the stouts and barrel aged stouts that are currently being stored in my garage that I will begin drinking when we my, my business closes shop for a week and I can just like 
drink all of the 10 to 13 percent uh, barrel aged stouts that I want every day. We love barrel aged stout and big burly beers. We have great chatter about barley wine uh, with our good friend Mike Earl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for coming on. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, I feel like we've known you for a while, uh, but you've never been on the show. But you're on the show tonight because of a very important big thing you got going on. Uh, so I kind of want to jump into that and we're going to drill you. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> so, so our friend Mike has his wonderful dream of opening his own brewery. Mike has been brewing for quite a while, home brewing, and he's been in the beer world for quite some time. So, Mike, tell us about your new venture. Sure. So I'm uh, currently have launched a uh, crowdfunding campaign to help raise funds to purchase a small two-barrel nanobrewery uh, currently operating in Manassas, currently operating as Bad Wolf Brewing Company, uh, with the goal of taking over operations and rebranding it to uh, Wolf and Bear Beer Company with big focus on uh, English ales and uh, lagers, taking a little bit of a modern spin on a lot of the classics uh, using some of the more up-and-coming uh, European hops that are coming down the pipeline, like Harlequin out of the UK and uh, some of the other up-and-coming hops using some of the newer uh, malt producers in the region or around the world. I'm curious. <laughs> Since you've been in the industry, how long now have you been in the industry? How long have you been with NRG? I, I took a little break from NRG to uh, explore the production side of the beer world. Uh, August would have been my fifth year anniversary, uh, but I made a comeback a couple of weeks, months ago. So I've, I'm pretty sure we're coming up on year number five with NRG. Nice. And you homebrew as well. And how long have you been doing yep. that? I'm just, I'm, I'm uh, basically asking the question, how many years of beer do you have under your belt? And sure. why are you just now wanting to open a brewery? I, I got into beer kind of by accident, if you will. Um, uh, joining the beer brew club at the Culinary Institute of America while I was a student, uh, mostly to explore the reason why I didn't like my first beer experience. And that was back in, uh, joining the brew club was back in 2012. Uh, so just a little over a decade and uh, got to do some exploring, not having any intentions of uh, beer becoming my life's work and passion. But lo and behold, uh, a little over 10 years later, uh, we've grown to it, beer consumers almost every aspect of my life. Well, it's interesting to hear the culinary aspect um, or your background in culinary endeavors. And of course, you know, in the U.S. now we have some great culinary schools. Um, how do you plan to bring in food with beer or what role do you think food has with beer? Obviously, you know, I've spent some time with you at Church Key. I've seen you at Blue Jacket. You've overseen some truly uh, transcendent beer and food pairings. Um, what really excites you in the food and in the beer and food pairing, and how do you plan to either continue that tradition or bring forth uh, what you've learned over the last five plus years? Uh, 
Beer and food has uh, been a love of mine since I discovered that it was even possible to pair beer with food. Um, really finding those uh, missing links that either one of the other component is missing and plugging that hole with either the beer or the food or a combination of the two. Um, I think continuing what I've learned from my experience at the culinary uh, through my time with NRG, hosting uh, guest chefs, uh, chef guest appearances at the brewery to do a little food pop-up, do a little chef and brewmaster uh, dinner, if you will, uh, just really showcasing the power of what good beer and food and bringing the two of those together can really change somebody's life sometimes. Yeah. And adding in food-inspired flavors into the beer itself. Uh, I'm not always a fan of adding food things into beer. Uh, I like uh, the food flavors to come from beer-derived ingredients, and to the best of my ability, we'll keep it that way. Uh, but if the occasional food product that I can't find that flavor anywhere else needs to come into the beer, that's where it, what's going to have to happen. Uh, working with a small malt producer in Indiana called Sugar Creek Malting. Uh, they're quickly becoming one of my favorite sources for smoked malts. For those that have had a good chance to talk with me in person, you know I have a deep love of all things smoked, and you can oh, yeah. be rest assured that there will be something smoky on at all times at uh, Wolf and Beer. You're like an honorary DC beer family because we all love our smoked beer, even though it's sadly unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish it wasn't so. I wish it wasn't so. No, I heard smoked malt, and I just smashed that um, donate button right now. I was like, oh, <laughs> smoked malt, good, we're in. Yeah. Uh, smoked things are a deep love in mine, whether it's food or beverage, uh, beer, mezcal, barbecue, you name it. If it's smoky, I'm all for it. Well, I'm going to throw you a curveball then, Mike. Uh, since we're talking all things smoked, smoked salmon, smoked meats, or fish... Are you a fan of the cold smoke or the hot smoke, the warm smoke when it comes to salmon and similar items? I think the different applications of smoke really helps to adjust the smokiness. Uh, cold smoke keeps it a nice mellow smoke, while the hot smoke just makes it a big, aggressive, punchy in the mouth smokiness. And that mm. makes you feel like you're chewing on a campfire in all the best way possible. I threw you a curveball and you knocked it out of the park. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> both both have their applications. Uh, Sugar Creek out of uh, Indiana specializes in uh, cold smoking uh, for their malts and with a variety of flavorful fuel sources. And uh, I fell in love with them through uh, their lavender smoked malt that Scratch out of Indiana also uses. Um, and uh, I acquired a small bag of their applewood smoked malt. Uh, uh, use it in a barley wine a couple of years ago and have a little bit left. So I'm trying to think of what to do with the rest of it. With your love of smoke, uh, we love you. Well, I won't ask you my next question then, which is how many sleeves of Oreos fit on a pallet of Nabisco direct shipping uh, wooden pallet. <laughs> I'll just leave it out entirely. I won't even ask it or, or you know, I won't go there. Oh, Stein. I, I hope I don't have to find out the answer to that question. 
Well, if you buy malt from BSG in certain quantities, they'll send you this salted nut roll. Does right. Sugar Creek in Indiana, do they, do they send you any goodies, any, any foodstuffs? I order the smallest of quantities so far. So, Jake, how dare you ask more of them <laughs> uh, than the highest quality barley possibly produced in their state? That's just, you're asking. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, no, we, we've seen some great micro malting between uh, Epiphany at Ocelot and now Blue Jacket is using both Murphy and Rude and Valley Malt out of Massachusetts. A uh, friend of DC Beer, Andrea Stanley, is a wonderful maltster. And her and her husband, mm. Christian Stanley, who own Valley Malt, there's no salted nut roll in the palate. You just get the barley and you brew the beer, man. Like, you don't need all the salted <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> I, I think you can buy a case of uh, salted nut rolls on Amazon for right around twenty five dollars if you want to do it yourself. Uh, sneak, a little, the little, uh, sneak, sneak a little surprise for yourself in the palate. I think my my local Annie's hardware store sells them next to a Nehi and L eight and other old old timey sodas. They got you know it's like nut roll, Clark Bar, Mallow Cup, all things all that we classes. can see in one of my stouts, right? <laughs> salted nut roll inspired stout or bar probably more barley one yeah. with a little smoky twist wonder if you could talk a little bit more about the european hops and where they're headed since i think like we know that in the pacific northwest in the southern hemisphere mm-hmm. particularly like new zealand and australia all the rage hearing much less from europe sure uh I, I came across a couple of new hop varietals, uh, mostly focusing on the UK right now, thanks to uh, the Craft Beer Channel. Um, a couple of new hop varietals that have started to come onto the market, big enough that us small home brewers can get our hands on, are Harley Quinn and Jester and Olicana. And you're seeing a lot of crossbreeding between those classic UK hops and uh, some of the newer American hop varietals to really... Uh, create the best of both worlds. You get that nice woodsy herbal base note of the UK genetics, sprinkling a little extra fruitiness from uh, the American genetics. And you have a whole new dictionary of flavors to work with, uh, with the new up and coming cop varietals. Why did you uh, look out further out in Virginia instead of closer? Um, I, I, I'm assuming it's because of real estate and money but uh yes. just curious if you if you know the, the owners of bad wolf or the money in real estate definitely is a big role in choosing which brewery to take over um it came across a listing on facebook marketplace and hey uh, on the homebrew equipment side of things there's a listing for a brewery for sale had a oh. really really crazy price and like reach out to the owners and they're like, yep, that's the price. Like, okay, I'll talk things through and uh, see if we can put some funding together and hopefully we can make something work. That's interesting. Yeah. Weird happenstance. I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't in the market for buying any new equipment for myself, but out of curiosity, I scroll through the marketplace listings and see, Hey, what's up on the, I, don't necessarily need, but hey, you never know. Does it scare the crap out of you? <laughs> it's all like yeah. opening a brewery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a daunting idea and the task. Um, 
the work that's going to be needed to bring the current facility up to a place where I think and believe that it needs to be brought up to uh, standards-wise for uh, on both the brewing equipment side as well as the hospitality front of house, kind of giving it a homey, like, welcoming feel. So in terms of standards, obviously you've worked for... You've worked for other half. You've worked for the neighborhood restaurant group at places like uh, Church Key, Burton Barley, and uh, Blue Jacket, and and all of these places have extremely high standards. And then outside of these places, you know, DC Browse, Pen Quarter Porter won a World Beer Cup medal for their porter. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlas's Silent Neighbor has now similarly won a, a, a GABF for a GABF medal for their stout. Um, so DC is, is kind of, you know, catching up to some of these other beer cities that have been on the map for making extremely high quality products. How do you aim to bring such a high quality to a place not that far from DC, um, but yet a, a place in Virginia that already has, you know, dozens of, of gold medal or world beer cup and great American beer festival medal winning breweries. How do you aim to do that? I think setting the gold standard for what I believe my beer should be coming out as uh, through quality ingredients, quality processes, proper sanitation and cleanliness, having as proper glassware as uh, possible, and just providing that hospitality forward uh, feel that I have come to know and appreciate uh, from my time with NRG and hope uh, as well as my time at the culinary and just carry that forward through Uh, my focus at the culinary was pastry and uh one of my french pastry instructors favorite mottos do it nice or make it twice you do it the right way make it come out good or dump it and start over and i have a very similar philosophy for beer Uh, as much as it hurts to dump a bad batch of beer beer, sometimes you have to do that Uh, yeah it yeah. hurts. It's very costly, but you got to do it sometimes. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things. I don't want to talk shit on anybody, but we did a DC beer tour of Northern Virginia, and you know, let's mm-hmm. say we drank a dozen beers. Maybe a half a dozen probably should have been dumped or or checked via QAQC before release. Right, um, and it's it's really tough because we were just talking with a, a, a brewery owner yesterday. And he was saying, you know, you never get a second shot at a first impression. Um, right. And it seems so exactly. Now, yeah, as we approach 10,000 breweries, or maybe we've breached 10,000 in the U.S., that seems so important, that first impression. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of beer, and there's a lot of beer really close to where you live, odds more than likely. And if there's a bad brewery that is closer to where you live, you're probably going to walk or drive a little further to the slightly better one for the better beer rather than the short, easy commute back home. I'm going to do that tomorrow. As luck would have. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mike, so much of the experience around beer now is not necessarily the beer as it is the on-premise experience. And I'm wondering what are some of your like favorite breweries to visit and why? And like and what you hope to take away from that in opening up your own space. I think my favorite breweries that I like to visit uh, locally, I'm a huge fan of Silver Branch up in Silver Spring. 
uh, their homey, the camaraderie, the home feel. Um, internationally, visiting uh, Diranka, uh, the slightly grungy but still hospitable atmosphere at Diranka in Belgium. And that was really fantastic. Uh, another really great close to home uh, out in Loudoun County, uh, Blackhoof. They're probably one of my favorite hospitality feeling, kind of like that neighborhood feel. Perfect brewery experience I've developed in my head is kind of a cross between a traditional British pub and um, this little countryside uh, Belgian cafe just outside of Brussels. That's like you can experience any number of different activities going on inside that establishment. You could go in for trivia night one week. You could go in for a pop-up barber shop uh, appointment. You, you never know. Uh, a little, little bit of everything. And I kind of like having that community feel. And like, it's a place that you want to go to for a wide number of things, not just for the beer. How's your campaign going? We just launched it. By the time listeners are hearing this, it will be uh, two or three weeks by now. Um, currently hitting a two-pronged approach, uh, one through Indiegogo, more rewards-based campaign, and also one through WeFunder, uh, which is a little bit more equity-based, giving folks who want to contribute a little bit more options, whether uh, or not they want the rewards-focused, which uh, I've got rewards set up kind of like a brewery a mug club membership where you get Discounts in the tap room, a beer every quarter, beer for your birthday, depending on the levels. The more equity focused sets things up where if you wanted to contribute, you get a little piece of the pie on the ownership stake. So everyone listening, go support our friend Mike. Uh, he's the nicest and he makes good beer and uh, we should all support him and give him a chance, right? <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for being the only person to recognize me when I walked into the brew deck at Other Half um, to go talk to Ben. <laughs> and evidently, mass mass chaos ensued as I walked around. I went, "Oh, it was." I went, "Oh, uh, hi, uh, Mike." Uh, <laughs> I'm one of the worst people with like remembering names, and I'm like, I'm, I'm very unlikely going to remember your name, but I'm like, it, it, it's Jake. He does DC beer things, so. <laughs> If he needs to come through doing whatever he needs to do, he can come through doing whatever he needs to do. Mike, tell everybody where they can go to find, like give us a, a website or URL or something where folks can go to find. Um, best you know. place to look is my personal Instagram. I'm posting everything there. I've also started an Instagram for Wolven Bear. My personal Instagram is at brew Mike Earl. Uh, Best place to keep an eye on things, keep everything up to date there. Um, both links for both crowdfunding campaigns are live and in the bio. Well, you guys heard it here. Go support Mike Earl because you should. Because, you know, five bucks here, 10 bucks here, 15 bucks there. You know, it'll, <laughs> everything helps, man. And uh, beer yeah. is good. And Mike's going to make some damn good smoked beer. <laughs> smoked beer every day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Mike. I uh, just wanted to say thank you for having me. Um, by all means, please, uh, if you are in a good position to contribute to the campaigns, please do. It would be much appreciated. If you are not in a position to do so, I totally understand. Um, if you can't, please share with all of your friends, family, neighbors, enemies, Pretty much everybody you know. Will do. Cheers, Mike. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Fellas, I want to say 
that in my personal opinion, I think 2023 wasn't too shabby. I mean, we were all busy and stuff, but that's good, I guess, right? Like, I feel good about 2023. Had some great beers this year. We went to some great breweries. We made new brew friends. We've seen uh, great beer things happening. And uh, I mean, it shouldn't stop, right? I I feel good. What do you think? Yeah, I'm very hopeful for 2024. We're looking at Urban Garden Brewing to open a brick and mortar, which is huge. Uh, We just had an article recently about right proper opening Eckington in 2024. And there's been a lot of speculation about closures. We're not going to comment on any of those closures. But if you follow us on DCBeer.com, you'll see our comment, uh, critique, criticism, and quite frankly, pumping up and boosting of all those who we thought did an excellent job in 2023 and those we're looking forward to visiting in 2024. If you look at Phil Ronco's Beer in Review, um, which is a real labor of love for his part, and thank you to all the breweries and beer stores uh, who participated, uh, one of the things that pops out, you'll see a few names just repeat. And so I want to shout out to Jared Nan at Lost Generation. You know, we think the world of you, but your peers, your fellow brewers also think that. And I think the same is true for Josh Chapman and Jen over at Black Narrows. And so a nice way to give everybody their flowers. Um, check out the 2023 Beer and Review over at dcbeer.com. I'll add that in addition to these aforementioned openings. Hopefully we'll see the public option come back in some form or another. Um, the brew system is still there, so it would be great to see that. We're probably going to see more from Atlas as well. I don't know if we'll actually get um, Atlas Alexandria beer in 2024, but we could. We could also get the Atlas Brew Pub over at National Airport, which I think is going to be pretty, pretty mm. cool. be nice to fly in, the, in and out of there and have an actual local option, so... 2023, yes, maybe outside world. Um, it's a dumpster fire. And in 2024, there will be an election um, and hopefully it won't be the last election and we will, will be needing a lot of beer for that. Here's hoping for big things. I want to second the kudos and love to Lost Gen. I know, I know it seems like DC Beer is, we always mention them, but I will say they have been so incredible. I mean, not only are they the kindest people ever, but they've been so good to us. Like they, they hosted a happy hour for us and we're pretty much giving DC beer members free beer. I also want to give a huge thank you shout out uh, to the NRG group and to Greg Ingert because they NRG has been fantastic to us this year as well. We love. We have loved having all of the beer shares that we have had, and super thankful to Greg for inviting us to Snally. I mean, that was huge. That was, I mean, we were all giddy about that for so long, and what a great experience. And uh, I, I just want to say thank you to all of our beer friends, and obviously all the ones that we haven't mentioned, all the right proper, like Brie over at Right Proper, and um, but really truly to those who have super supported DC beer this year. We love you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's been a wild ride uh, for DC beer now that we've been around for a decade plus, and we love those who have been true friends to us within the industry. 
And we want to say a massive thank you to the single friend, the follower on social media. You visit our website. You're a patron. We love you. Thank you so much for showing up for us. Uh, we're really hoping to grow our followers, you know, social media, absolutely. Uh, DC Beer, the podcast site, but we want to come see you on Patreon. Come visit us. We hope to extend more grateful invitations like uh, exclusive events at Lost Generation, at Blue Jacket, at Right Proper Brookland. We had some wonderful shares. We had the Women's Brew Culture Club at, at Brookland as well. We've had some incredible events in 2023, and that's what gives us hope for 2024, despite the absolute shite state of the world right now. We're trying to incubate positivity, and we, we want you to follow us. We want you to come along with us. Um, so please, please check us out and, and you know give us your support. We know we're supporting those in the DC beer scene, and we will forever continue to do so. Thank you to our Patreon members. They're the folks who make it possible for us to do things like have beer shares, to do this show, to do these special things that you'll be hearing more about in January. Uh, what are our big plans for 2024? Well, let's talk a little bit about what DC Beer is going to be bringing to the people in this upcoming year. Well, for more starters... More collaborations? Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> we'll be bringing... The people, a beer for the people in uh, January. Uh, hopefully, we'll be doing some more podcasts and other type events, um, perhaps with NRG. Uh, you might see some more collaborations uh, along the lines of what we did in December, both with Metro Bar and Lost Generation. Um, stay tuned. That's all, folks. Have a happy, healthy, and safe New Year's. Happy New Year. Happy New Beer. We are at DC Beer across social media, and we'll see you in 2024. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>